If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. Sustainable garden design. What is that? I don't know. But we're going to break it down right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your host, Ben in Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. I just want everybody to know that I had to do three intros because Batavia's over there killing fungus gnats, clapping like somebody's doing something good. So here we are. That was the final one. (laughs) (laughs) Not the final uh, fungus gnat. No, definitely not. (laughs) Um, Also, if you would like to become a patron and help support the podcast, the link is below. What month is this coming out, Batavia? Is this in June? Uh, we're in June now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we actually had a very good conversation for the Community Gardens podcast, which is on Patreon, about just biting the bullet and doing it right the first time. So you guys should come check that out, and you'll get a mini-sode, an extra mini-sode every month. So, um, also, Backyard Kitchen, Season 1, available to be in, in Canada on TELUS. Thank you. Sustainability Thanks. Gardening. I couldn't reach. I got so much crap here. I couldn't reach the the bell. <laughs> I was waiting for everything to start crashing down like an avalanche. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Look, I should have finished this cookie an hour ago. But go on. Sustainable garden design. That's what it is. Sustainable garden design. Say that three times fast. What is it? I thought you were going to tell us. I thought well, you figured it out since you know before the break. Well, we did figure it out. <clears throat> So when we do this, we're going to break them down into different criteria, okay? So each subject will help with these topics. So we're going to break down watering, pollinators, plant selection, fossil fuel, and then we're going to give you tips on how to achieve this goal. So, um, yeah, garden design is something that, man, I struggle hard with it. And this might actually be something that could help me because it gives me Mm -hmm. a, a direction to point in. You know what I mean? Well, it gives for me, it gives me one more kind of box to check to see, does this design make sense? Yeah. You know, it, it all it kind of, it's a check and balance of sorts. Um, I, uh, I was planting my, this is like going back to April, going into May, I was planting my um, front yard garden. And you talk about like doing everything that I hadn't planned on doing. You know, and a part of me, it's kind of like this feels good, you know, um, but there's also like I put lettuce in this itty bitty, itty bitty pot. <laughs> and the reality is and it's a really decorative pot. You know, I've had years of experience with um, having to water this pot over and over and over again, sometimes twice a day, you know. And the question I should be asking myself is, does that make sense? Right. You know, is that really a 
sustainable design, you know, yeah. like, is that really, do I have the best plant in that space? I mean, the smallest, this probably <clears> is the <throat> cutest thing. The smallest this thing is, I don't know if there's anything that's going to grow in that itty bitty space, but maybe I should use, um, well, the question uh, is, is any cacti. container garden really good for, you know, sustainability on that aspect of it? Ooh, terrible. So, you're I know, terrible. Dude, so I heard people hiss when I say that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the way it's I terrible. squinched up. So, at the in the first episode when we opened the series, we talked about the act of gardening. Period, hard stop is contributing to sustainable or sustainability. Yeah. Right? So, if you're gardening and you happen to garden in containers, yes, you're still being sustainable. I said it. Yeah, Where's Bond? We need to break it down. <clears throat> That's not fair. We need to break it down a little bit farther than just it's overall sustainable. So if we break down, we're talking about watering right now. Is a container garden sustainable in watering? I'm unfortunately going to have to argue it's not. Unless As opposed to... Well, there's a lot of overspray in the containers. There's a lot of multiple waterings of containers. It's a confined space, so the plant can't do what it naturally does and find more water. So that almost implies anything besides in-ground. So basically, in-ground gardening could be perceived as the most sustainable way of gardening, which could be true. It could be. However, the way that we roll on this show... Um, reminder is, you know, for me, it's good, better, best. Right. And so there are things that you can do to aid in sustainable gardening, even with containers. Yeah. Right. So I literally had, you know, so juxtapose the itty bitty container to this larger one that again is more decorative that absolutely uh, looks wonderful in the summer with flowers it's I don't know maybe 16 17 gallons I'm terrible at guessing that kind of thing Um, but it's kind of oval and long and I pulled out the soil in an effort to um, refresh it and I just thought about like, you know, this soil is going all the way to the bottom of this pot. There actually is a drainage issue with that pot, but I'm not going to get into that. I added a bunch of uh, wood chips to the bottom of it. So I did a couple of things. One, that's going to be a reserve of sorts uh, for water. Two, um, I am using less soil, right? Three, um, I'm still giving my plants what I need or what they need, I should say. So that's a tip. There it goes. First tip of the show, um, yeah. where you can still be a sustainable gardener, a gardener that practices, you know, sustainable measures and, and methods with a container. I think if you have a big enough container, it can be considered you could get more of that because you're not having to water as much and mm-hmm. you have more space for it. I think that would be, you know, and I mean, I have container garden, you know, I have containers and stuff like that. So don't think that I'm sitting here on my high horse judging y'all. I'm just mm-hmm. proposing that there may be something that we're not really seeing as far as mm-hmm. this goes. <clears throat> but, you know, when you go to design your garden, it's things like that we want to think about. You know, um, for me personally, one thing that I've always done, which is comes, you know, I'm so good. I, I've been sustainable forever. Not really. <laughs> what it is, is I'm really lazy 
and I didn't want to plant stuff that I had to nurture. So I planted drought tolerant plants where I could not get the water to them. And so that's another aspect. You know what I mean? Where basically you don't have to keep up with the watering with them. You know, um, you can let the rain water them and maybe every once in a while you can throw a sprinkler on them or something, but you don't have to. And I think that's really, you know, but that came to me from being just lazy, not like, oh, well, I want to save water. You know, mm-hmm. now it grew mm-hmm. into that now, but that's kind of how I manage my flower beds and stuff like that. So two of the uh, containers, you know, I was just talking about one of them. There are two of them because I like to buy things in doubles um, and I have them on either side of a that narrow bed that's in the front yard by the fence. Um, and so they're sitting in the soil, right? You know, and there's some steps I'm taking this year to try to hold on to these pots a little while longer because they're on the end, of, the end of their days. Um, however, the way that I have this set up now, anytime I water, if I'm water di- watering directly into the pot, it's going to drain inside of a, uh, a raised bed. Right. So there isn't runoff that's just going on the sidewalk or my concrete, you know, for those two beds in particular, the design that I created for this year is uh, going to feed a bed that's going to have other things growing in it. Boom. Boom. I like it. I like it. So are you just going to give tips the whole time or are we going to save them for the end like we're supposed to? I'm just curious. Yeah. I want to know Where's where we're going. Get? I need to recalibrate here. <laughs> it's coming. But I mean, it, so <clears throat> another aspect for watering too that I can think of would be, um, I, I'm going to say this slow and close. Full sun doesn't mean all day sun. I'm going to say it one more time. Full sun doesn't mean all day sun. So what do I mean by that? You don't need to have 12 hours of sunlight constantly on a plant for it to grow, even if it's a full sun plant. So you can intermix and add shade at different parts of your garden. So it will shade during certain parts of the day. Maybe it's the end of the day at the hottest points of the day. Maybe it's a noon, something like that. And then it can help with water retention as well. Because mm-hmm. I've had that problem where I have a my garden bed, one of my garden beds gets afternoon sun from noon all the way to 830 at night and it gets blistering hot up there. And so it just things just cook, man. I can't get, really get anything to grow. That's why I had to redesign everything. Mm-hmm. So as of the recording of this episode, back to the same space, I have four, five containers, pots that are in that same bed I spoke of. And there, uh, two of them are the same size. The next two are the same size. And there's one that really is a real appropriate size. And it's interesting because I'm doing it just for the aesthetics. It looks nice. I like the way that, you know, right. the bed starts with these two containers and so on. And so I was just looking outside and saying the two smaller ones, they aren't as small as the itty bitty one that I'm going to put cacti in, you know, but they're pretty small. And so as we are, we've, talked about this i'm thinking to myself that that design isn't optimal right you know because again that's going to be what i'm going to end up doing is it's going to have different watering needs based on the size of these containers and so the benefit while the design may not be optimal i'll have an opportunity to 
to one recognize it in this moment and then address it as I go to water. Right. Um, so I don't know exactly how I'm going to address it, but I'll figure that out by the time I get outside. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to you, right? Uh huh. <clears throat> it's it's one of those things that it's it becomes. It definitely adds a bit of complexity to the garden as far as like what to plant and how to design it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you take just let's, what we're talking about now, the watering piece into account, man, I think that can make or break your, the success of your garden. Because like for me, by planting drought tolerant, I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've found much more success because I'm not willing to take that extra step to go out and water. But based because I'm not turning on the water, I'm saving water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if you I mean, just rearrange those pots and put one in the shade in a shadier position, not even in the shade. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at where you'll be with that. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's crazy to think about. Yeah. As as you were saying, you know, 12 hours of sun. So I was talking to um, someone that was passing. No, no. Remember the, the person I told you that lived here originally yeah. in this home? So she said that um, the people that moved in after her family moved out cut down the tree. That's like kind of street side, you know. And so I said something like, and so her mother was just like, no, I can't believe he cut down the tree. And so anyway, I was joking like, well, tell her that he at least has now given me like full sun for my front yard garden, right? Um, Because I don't have a tree in front. But as you were talking about 12 hours, I'm looking and saying like, these little seedlings are probably frying out there right now. And you're exactly right. Am I going to sacrifice the look that I want? You know, this design that I want to have that, you know, kind of the aesthetic that I want and put it in a better place. I'm probably in this moment not going to do it. It's probably going to take me to lose a couple of plants for me to decide maybe this isn't the best space. Um, But, you know, that's listen, I'm Steve. I know your team container. I'm not going to be nasty to you, but I am absolutely team container. And so I'm looking and saying the best part is I can move that thing around. Yeah, I can put it where I want. And I think that the container itself, here we go. Don't spit on me. I think that the container garden can be a sustainable, (laughs) be a sustainable garden, except what we need to do is it's up to the gardener to make it sustainable. So how Mm. are you watering? How are you having your containers positioned? Are you moving them into the right place? I think that is the key. Come on, somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? I know you felt it because you're like, here we go. <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> no, I wasn't. I was clearing my throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so No, no, absolutely. It's in your control. So, again, not to harbor because we got a break coming up, but... If I were in today's Batavia, today's version of Batavia, if I were shopping for containers again and I saw these little pots, the original little pots I was talking about, and we're, we're talking about maybe a little larger than a solo cup. All right. Maybe it's larger than that. Um, definitely smaller than a milk jug. Let's just say that. Um, and so if I was shopping again, as cute as they are, I wouldn't buy them. Yeah. You know, but you learn, you live and learn, mm-hmm. and now you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, as in closing out the watering section, I would say to me, it's like plant position. 
you know, garden position and design. Mm. So when I say position, shading out other plants a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, creating, mm-hmm. you know, planting by trees or something. Mm-hmm. Um, remembering that full sun is not 12 hours of sun. It's only six hours of sun. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And a lot of so things are, will do good in five hours of sun. So for a design, we're not going to cover off on your actual like developed watering system. Or do, do we do we not want to talk about that? What or? do you mean? So a part of your garden design um, will lend itself to uh, how easy or difficult it is to water, how much water you're actually using. Um, you talk about, you know, how you have to have these hoses draping all over your property because your garden is such a distance away from your watering system. Right. Right. You know, so that's what I mean when we talk about that. I mean, I, th- I think some of the obvious ones are hand watering versus overhead watering and all of that. I don't need to go into that stuff, but um, I well, do I think, think it's having worth- a plan for it. You know, I have. I think having a plan for the way your garden is designed, because you and I both we were talking before the show, mm-hmm. and my garden is not designed for the way I want to water. And I found mm-hmm. that out last year. You know, um, it was there's a level of complexity to it, which is why I use yeah. the sprinkler, which I know is not the most sustainable, but. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time making sure that the water doesn't overspray too much, this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that your design does, you need to take into account your watering. If you were really like going into it saying, hey, I want to be a sustainable gardener, yeah. you know, as much and, sustainability as possible. And give yourself some grace because today's design, today's price is not tomorrow's price. Shout out to Fat Joe. Uh, so today's design um, may be spot on for your watering needs and the method that you use. But a lot of us evolve in our gardens. Yeah. So the design that's going to be two, three years out, you know, we all can't predict where we're going to want to be and how that design is going to look then. So give yourself some grace if, again, you've grown into a space where maybe it made sense previously and it doesn't make sense now. Hell, maybe it didn't make sense originally and it makes even less sense now. That's I mean, it happens. Right. Um, But it is a key piece. If you have and a part of this dialogue is. I mean, if you're basically about to take a shovel outside, let's try to think through how you're actually going to feed those plants, feeding in this case with water. Um, Last note on this, um, think about your natural drainage issues or um, I I don't want to call them issues. Think about your property and how drainage works. Remember I told you about this, the bed that I created and it's right under like one of the awnings. And so water just drips, drips, drips right there. It's a great opportunity to capture that water, you know, that's it. That's all. <laughs> okay. It sounded like you were like mid sentence. So I was, I was being mm-hmm. patient. Mm-hmm. No. And it's also the composition of your soil too, will help with all of that as well. So if you have, you know, less drainage, you can put more, um, you know, on your property, you can put more water retention. Re- I wasn't say retending retention materials inside of your soil mm-hmm. in order to help with that and to save water. So, mm-hmm. you know, and adding the mulches and stuff like, like we need to take into account aesthetics. Like if you aesthetically want a certain kind of mulch, then you can use that. And some are better than others for mm-hmm. water retention. So, Let's go to our break because we are way past it. And then we'll come back and we'll do the uh, pollinators and plant selections. 
You're the one that gave Leonard a vacation day on Thursday. I mean, it's because Leonard's lazy. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. Okay. So now that we've covered watering, we need to also go into do it. Do it. There it is. She got it. Um, we need to do pollinators. And I don't I feel like pollinators and plant selection can go hand in hand. Because as we design like our vegetable gardens, we can incorporate within our vegetable gardens mm-hmm. something for the pollinators, mm-hmm. right? And there's yeah, I agree. I, I think I mean it's as simple, obviously, as planting a flower, but I think there's more to it than that. And I take the approach of letting things go to bolt. If it's not time for me to plant something, and there's going to be a in the middle, then I just let them go mm-hmm. to bolt, and they're covered with all of them. So. It's such a beautiful thing, you know, the the design. So yeah. the garden design, the design of growing vegetables, you know, you've never seen a, a set of bugs and bees and things happier than when they find a plant that's flowered, you yeah. know, that's bolting. Um, so they definitely get to go to work there. Um, I definitely think that... Um, I put an asterisk by it only because make sure it's something you're comfortable with. Cause those seeds are going to drop too. If you get from the point of flowering to letting it go to seed there and making sure that um, it's not a plant that clearly is, you know, you don't want something that's invasive, but you also don't want to kind of let that thing go to seed, drop in your garden. And if that's not a space you want to continue to grow that thing in, um, I was told lemon balm, which I grew this year, but it's not, it didn't get off to a good start. I grew it last year. It didn't get off to a good start this year that, um, it is, it spreads like wildfire, you know, when it comes to the seeds blowing all over the place. Um, so you'll have it in spots all over your garden. I haven't had that experience yet, but that's an example of something to consider. Um, I am team, you know, let it do what it's going to do. And then if you feel like it's a problem later on, yeah, then address it. Um, but I do want to kind of give that cautionary note. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have never had anything spread by seed like that. I always like, I plant stuff. I'm like, okay, it's going to spread by seed. Good. Never have it. You know, you hear what? nothing. I have chamomile that's coming up in the cracks of my um, backyard. That uh, is from last year. There you go. It's actually doing better than the chamomile I started indoors from seed. But. Shout out to the uh, chamomile series or the mm-hmm. herbal remedy series. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it after this show. Um, but yeah, you know, as we select our plants, you can make them more sustainable. And one way that we can do that too is by planting native plants. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's here, here. a big push for native plantings in the recent years and with good reason. And it's amazing too. If you, again, I have a problem making decisions. Did you know that? 
I'm not hmm. a good decision maker. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm terrible at oh, it. Oh, that's why you always force me to make the decision. And then you're like, well, maybe not. Yeah, I'm famous for that, too. I'll be like, well, hold on. And then I'll interject what I really want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine being married to me. So, <laughs> a for real marriage. <clears throat> so, I, I liked that there's a difference because then I can look up what are the native plants and then it narrows down the list. Mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. thing is, is a lot of the plants that I already wanted were native and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. It actually teeters back on um, garden design as well. So, you know, we, you already mentioned, you know, kind of thinking about drought tolerant plants. But you, there's also, you know, especially for some of our perennials, you know, vegetables or flowers. I have some oregano that came back last year and damn it, it came back this year from last year. I'm so happy about that. Um but, you know, you think about the size of, of plants as they kind of grow year over year um, and they're, again, watering needs as they get larger. So I don't think that you need to do like some deep dive on every plant that you're pulling into your garden. No. You know, you're thinking about your garden design. But I do think these are, you know, the more you, you think about these things, the more natural it would be for you to, you know, kind of gravitate towards maybe a native plant. You know, maybe a plant that, you know, is um, a is is a bee or um, butterfly drawer, you know, something that draws in the bees or the butterflies like that becomes natural or natural to you. And that's the hope. Yeah. You know? Well, and I mean, the thing is, too, <clears throat> is it it has a lot to do with the pollinators for planting native. Like, that's what it's like. They they naturally are pollinators that are here will go gravitate to that. And so the thing is, we're not sitting here saying like, all right, you, you don't have a native garden. Well, then you need to go pull everything up out of your garden and you need to get rid of it. And then you need to get all native. That's not what we're saying at all. But mm-hmm. what we're saying yeah. is or what I'm saying. And maybe Batavia will be online with me. He's like, next time you go buy something to put into your garden, why don't you pick up something native? Mm-hmm. Just here, here. You know, the next thing you get, whatever. Um, there, it, it makes a difference. You know, every mm-hmm. little step makes a difference. And there's been a lot of talk about you know the bees are disappearing, and um, the bees are not the biggest pollinator we have either. Just FYI, it's a small portion of the pollinators. It's just the most famous one. You've given us the stats on this before. I just don't recall them. I have, and I'm not going to pull them out of my memory bank. So um, you can look it up <laughs> if you'd like, or you can search all the episodes and find that one. But it's Treasure imp- hunt. Yeah, go ahead. It's Sorry. important to realize that, though. You know what I mean? Because we all mm-hmm. think of the bees, but it's all the little stuff, too, that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's not in there. So plant selection is a big part of, you know, in your garden design for your pollinators. That's why like I feel like it needed to be combined together. Yeah. And if you look at the pollinator piece, let's just take a beat before we start to kill things. Right? Yeah. You know. So yeah, don't get all um, kill happy. The only thing that I'm always going well, I basically toss it out of my garden and just hope it doesn't find its way are grubs. I um, oh my gosh! I just get freaked out even saying the word. Oh my gosh! The I pull them out and give them to the chickens. Uh, oh, I bet that's that's uh, good eating for them. They love them, man. They fight over them. <laughs> so we were. Uh, I was filming a video yesterday or whatever. It's, it's out by now, but um, there's um, on my lettuce. There was a um, 
a, a big giant fuzzy spider mm-hmm. and I pulled the camera. I was like, man, that's the thing that horror movies and bad dreams are made of. You know what I mean? Like it really was, it was big. Mm-hmm. It was fuzzy. And I just, I could, it, you know, I'm not scared of spiders, but it just gives me the heebie jeebies thinking about it, like climbing up on me and stuff. Yeah. But how many people will see a spider and instantly kill it? I imagine a lot. That's not good, right? Mm-hmm, because that's mm-hmm. a beneficial insect that we have. But you automatically, that's like our first thing is like, I got to kill it. Because it's a spider. Spiders are gross. I got to kill it. Mm-hmm. But what is that spider doing to me? I, I'm not even going to touch the lettuce. So I'm not even going to bother it. I don't even need to get in there right now. So do your do your thing. You be you. I'm going to be me over here. <laughs> you be you over there. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to kill everything that you see. Yeah. So it's all about being, you know, selective and being, you know, educate yourself. Yeah. You know, we're not about to have entomology classes, but. Exactly. And that's exactly where I'm headed, because um, some information I just want to learn through the natural course of living. Right. I don't want to study everything. And so some of the general rules I use when it comes to that, just for a second here, is. If they're a cluster of them, I'm looking it up to see if it's a problem. Yeah. You know, if I see damage to a plant, I'm looking it up to make sure that that's what I believe. You know, this insect, this bug, this whatever caused that damage. And then I'm thinking about remedies. Right. Um, I'm okay with killing some things. But I think my point earlier is just that let's not just kill everything. Yeah. Uh, Just don't be all like murder happy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because. If we go into that and then and we combine that with plant selection we need to talk about one thing companion talk planting oh dear god I know. <laughs> you know that we're becoming famous for the much our disdain for companion planting oh i have an article that i've been meaning to send to you um i, I haven't you know i try to if i'm going to share something i try to read it but i got through it it was just like i was gritting my teeth like i knew you know, well, I guess I wasn't gritting my teeth. I was celebrating. So let me finish it. I'm going to share it with you. We'll probably post it on Patreon. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll post it on for know. the patrons. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, especially yeah, if it validates I mean, if me, I definitely in- want to see it. But yeah, if you insist. <laughs> but let's just say that it does make a difference. Or mm-hmm. let's say, well, as a matter of fact, let's just take our stance right now that it, we don't know. Like it's inconclusive. The jury's out. What does it matter? You're still making that effort, right? And if you mm-hmm. are trying to make an effort, in my mind, you're making a difference because you're changing your your thought process. Mm-hmm. And you're not yeah. just talking about it. You're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so. you're taking some action. Yeah. Um, I... I think I'm just, just the headlines are, you know, maybe it's less about what is what um how should i say this maybe it's less about what the harms are when it comes to planting so we talk about foes anytime we talk about companion planting we talk about the foes and then maybe it's just generally there's a lot that um can i'm looking at a new driver that's coming to my home trying to figure out what the hell is going on (laughs) because in this moment we're still under construction in the front yard garden um and he's figured out how to get in. Um, now he has to go through the obstacle course of all of the pots and the dirt and the bags that I have <laughs> laid out, uh, the shovels and the hose and all. So anyway, um, he, we're going to get off of him and we're going to focus on um, the plants. I lost the thought. Someone should have, Leonard should have redirected me if he was here. Yeah, he all should right, have. Pick it up. 
Yeah, um, I got distracted. Yeah, you totally derailed us. Thanks. Um, no problem. I'm excited about it. I know what the delivery is, but I'm not going to say. No, we were talking about companion and foes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So focusing on thank you, You're my welcome. friend. So we're instead focusing on there's so many things that are beneficial, right? You know, versus what is problematic. And it kind of gave you a license to say, like, you don't need to redesign your garden to kind of put these plants together um, because in some cases there is no proven benefit, right? You know, so anywho, I think that. Um, it's a consideration as I continue to say um, I don't there's no Bible that I use when it comes to what to plant together I'm actually always looking for what shouldn't I plant together versus yeah, what I, I should you know um, I think maybe the most sustainable way though would probably be you know what truly is going to benefit uh, my green beans if I plant something with it so what did you think the most common or most famous companion planting pair is out there in your mind? Marigolds and anything. Marigolds and tomatoes. Yeah, right? Marigolds mm-hmm. and tomatoes. So we think about that. We plant the marigolds and tomatoes. Do we know that they do anything? Do we know? Well, what we do know is it takes a lot of marigolds to make a difference. We do know that. We, I'm telling you, neither of us have had our lunch, but clearly I'm affected by it and you're not. You are on your game. I'm always on my game when I'm starving. So that's kind of my, oh, my okay. MO. But um, no, we, we know that and we've we've proven it right here in the Backyard Gardens podcast. So there's that. And what we say is gospel. So as far as that goes, <laughs> not really. But you see how quickly that compliment <laughs> went to his head. Good no, grief. That's me joking. That's me joking. <laughs> I know. I know. But what is another benefit that you can say of having the marigolds in the garden? And that's just bringing the pollinators to it. Mm -hmm, You know, so mm -hmm. you're already getting a benefit, even though it's not technically a companion that we have discussed, you know? Yeah. And I think it's um, so now we're going to teeter in kind of, you know, cost savings as well. Marigolds spread. Most of them. There are a bunch of varieties, but most of them spread, right? So this is where another, a little goes a long way. Like that's a theme, you know, pick up on it. Um, so I, I think that it's also in that mind of, you know, what is it going to harm? Not a whole lot, if anything. What is it going to help? It brings all the pollinators to the yard. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and, I mean, and they're pretty. bring all the pollinators to the yard. Yeah, it's, doing a remix there i know you were um most people think they're pretty i do um i know some folks that don't yeah there's a lot of people that don't like them but i think Mm. that i think marigolds are underappreciated that's just my thought um but that's you know that's another aspect so we have fossil fuel on here and batavia and i were talking we're like well i don't think it applies to this but now as i've thought about it i think it does apply all right go for it so this is a this is you know, as we talk about gardening, we're going to talk about, we've been talking about gardening as a micro scenario, your garden beds, but now we're going to back out and we're going to go macro. Okay. We're going to go macro mm-hmm. with an A. And what that means is now we're looking at our whole properties and what your property has on it is very important mm-hmm. because if you have, you know, we know there's one thing for certain on this planet. That happens every single day. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west, mm-hmm. and it follows a track. 
So if you have in your house, let's say you've got some trees around your house that provide shade in the hottest part of the day, that naturally brings what? Our power bills down because we're mm-hmm. we're cooling it less in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, maybe you live somewhere cold and you have that section of your house open for the sun to travel. So we are saving money, but we're also saving fossil fuels in the need of burning, you know, coal or you know nuclear power or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. if you are blessed enough to have solar panels, good for you. I can't afford solar panels. Yeah. And before I get a lot of emails about, well, you can do this program and that program. No, you can't. So I'm good. (laughs) But yeah. So if we're looking at design and let's say you're putting out new trees. Yeah. You know, let's say you're going, you know, big like evergreens. Right. Obviously, though, evergreens aren't producing food. But again, this is your garden space. You're allowed to put anything in it as long as we're not just a a vegetable gardening show. Yeah, as long as there's a little bit of food. Um, so, you know, when you think about that, you know, the, the reverse of it is if you have um, these big growing pieces, you know, perhaps it's creating more shade in your house, you know, less light in your house. Let's make sure that that's OK with you. Right. Um, you know, because I clearly have some house plants that need that light. Um, not on the second floor, though. But anyway, um, I think it's an excellent point when it comes to kind of that macro view. And again, just ways that we can contribute ways that you probably are already contributing to sustainable gardening. And, you know, go ahead and say a sustainable lifestyle. Well, and the thing is, is, uh, you know, you might be thinking, well, I can't plant a tree because it won't grow fast enough and I'll never enjoy the benefits of it. Well, there's a tree called the Thuja and it's a cross with a green giant. It grows three to four feet per year. Mm-hmm. So there's hybrid po- hybrid poplars that grow very fast. Leland cypress and silver maples. All of those grow about two feet plus a year. So you can do the math. You know what I mean? It's a possibility to create this barrier for you if you need it. So just keep that in mind. Um, One thing I noticed, this is uh, actually I'll save it for the I'll save my tips for the end. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and move on. Thanks for uh, self-correction in mid-episode. Uh, so also, so this is an, another big thought, right? Macro? You know, I like yeah, the word. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's not necessarily about what you will enjoy in the space you're in you know if it's your forever home then great yeah you know kind of walking through maybe i want some faster growing trees but maybe you're contributing again to the greater good um by planting a tree that someone 10 years from now you know is going to benefit from yeah um so i mean not to mention trees and the animals that hang out in the tree i mean come on listen now you're providing a habitat for other, you know, all kinds of things. So yeah. I wonder how many times I don't hear myself say, listen, now I heard it that time. You don't hear yourself say it a lot, but I like it when you say it. <laughs> I like it. And, you know, when you incorporate these things inside of your garden and I mean, we haven't even talked about. I mean, if we're going to continue to be macro for a minute, we haven't talked about adding birdhouses, 
adding <laughs> bird feeders and, you know, the watering stations that we brought up in the last show. If you haven't mm-hmm. heard it, you should go back and listen. We're not going to rehash it. We haven't talked about that and how decorations itself can help. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I will say that when we start talking about decorations, then you do have to factor in the manufacturing costs and all that. And that's where this stuff gets super slippery in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like it makes me very uncomfortable because we're like, well, you know, I put this statue in there and it provides a shade, but it costs, you know, three megatons of <laughs> smog to make it or whatever. You know, I, I just I'm not I'm not feeling that conversation and I feel like people analyze it too much, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, um, I work with a fellow that is very much glass half full um, you know, very much, you know, what do you mean? I, I just, I enjoy lemonade, you know, like, you know, there's never a day where this thing is really sour and there's really just lemons here that we have. Um, and, and we compliment each other well, cause I'm not exactly designed that let's, that's not kind of my makeup, you know, I'm not exactly built that way. Um, and I look and I think about, especially when we were talking about something as broad as sustainable gardening as broad as a garden design, if there is a rule book, which there isn't, but if there were a rule book, you would not get everything right. It's just not going to happen that way. So let's focus on those things that you can contribute. Yeah. You know, let's focus on those positives. Right. Um, it's you know what? It is exactly like um, like a companion planting. Let's focus on the good things from it. Yeah. The hell with all the foes and the things that are said to be bad. Just I mean, you know, baby steps, baby steps, mm-hmm. baby steps. Mm-hmm. So this leads us into a time period in which, go ahead. Uh, lights. I've been continuing to look for solar lights. You know, it's like it's been a trend for a, a lot of years to have the string lights in your garden. And I want that. Right. Um, and I was looking up. I, I think I remember reading something about um, some bad things that are drawn in at night to those lights. And I'll figure out if that's really true. Um, but. I always run across um, a clearance sale on the lights you plug in, you know? And so I got one outlet in the backyard, but I really don't want to invest in that, you know? Um, And I'm not saying that I I won't one day, but I really want them to be solar lit. Um, You know, no different than the the little um, watering, I don't know what it's called, but it's the little mechanism that creates... yeah let's call it that the bubbler for my bird bath Mm -hmm. that keeps the water moving um it's solar powered right you know it's a small piece but i don't have to have anything plugged up for a fountain some of those fountains are sexy as heck but i don't have to do that i don't have the space i don't have to do there's no construction i need to do i can add this feature to my garden and it's just the good old sun it's not going today because it's it's shade outside but that's okay do you want me to give you my thoughts on that rolling tomorrow um I mean, you can do what you want. So my thoughts about lights in the garden. I don't, I think that it's not a good idea. And I, I believe that if you take away everything that we know and just have a bare earth, life needs light and dark. Mm-hmm. We don't need to light it up as well. Because I feel like it, it it messes up with the rhythm, you know, the circadian rhythm of things and like that. Here you go, buzzwords. But I believe that there needs to be darkness at night. So I don't put those in. We have put them in like our front yard and stuff mm-hmm. like that, entryway. And um, 
I will say this. This is, so we were going to go into the tip section. I'll just go ahead and give you a tip. Don't buy cheap solar lights. Mm-hmm, Spend mm-hmm. the money on the solar light. You'll yeah, be happy. That's the reason why I haven't bought them. Yeah. So Science Daily, which I mean, it seems legit. <laughs> it says artificial nighttime light from sources such as street lamps. Um, I assume also would include kind of these types of lights we're talking about. It affects the growth of flowering and flowering of plants and even the number of insects that depend on the plants for food. So there's some study that's published that was along the lines of what I remember reading somewhere else. Um, and I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know what this uh, website, this publication means. Um if it is legit, but it is something to consider when you're, we're talking about garden design. Um, I think it could be the effects are so minuscule where it could be something that still brings you some joy and happiness, but I get where you're coming from. It's minuscule to an extent, but if everybody does it, there's this thing out there and it's called light pollution and it's a travesty. What it means is there's only like 5% of the world left where you can go up and see the night sky like it actually was meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. We don't, we can't even comprehend what the night sky is supposed to look like. So when we have power outages here where I live because of hurricanes, the first thing I do is I run outside and I go look and it is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Cause usually we'll lose power up and down our whole coast. Mm-hmm. So there will be no lights at night. And it's stunning to see. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about that with Sandy. Um, what he did is, you know, when the power went out, they hit the telescope. And he was like, <laughs> boom. There was three nights where he could just see for days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, a, you know, light pollution is a very serious problem, believe it or not. But teach us. Well, we, we, we talked about it on this episode. Yeah, but we're not talking about light pollution for sustainability. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, so tips. Give us a tip. I've already given you two. Oh come on! You yeah. can't back out now. It's not our fault that you you passed them out early. <laughs> yeah, yeah jump the gun here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a tip with garden design. Um, if you're revising your garden design, um, look for ways to reuse that material. Dude, that's I like that. Mm-hmm. It's simple and it's it's a common sense one, but you, we might not th- we might just want to upgrade everything. But to go mm-hmm. ahead and just I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're changing something. Like it's your desire to change something, and it repurposed feels overused, but that's a reality. Um, and it doesn't have to be used in the same way, of course, that it was used originally. Um, I've been watching a lot of videos, and I know how you're gonna feel about this. It's the um, it's the the way that pallets have entered the garden space, you know, and it's like you can rebuild this and you can rebuild that and you can make this and you can make that. And whether you believe in using pallets and whatever that material is made out of, that's not what we're here to discuss. This is the idea of it started off as something um, and now you're you're creating two or three different purposes out of it. You know? Yeah, I, I use pallets a lot. Um, I use them to make simple woodworking projects and now I don't use them because I hate working with them, but that's different. But I use them in my garden for a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I had a, I had one earlier that I was going to tell that was really good and I forgot what it was. Ooh, we, I know that you just didn't put me on the spot, made me give a I third know. one. And then you're here like, well, I had a, a good one. No, I'll give you a good one. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how to... A lot of people say when you water your gardens, you need to get an inch of water. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever heard that inch of water a week? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get that measurement. It's it's as simple as setting out a container under your sprinklers in different portions of your garden and measuring the time frame in which you water, and then how and then measuring how much is in that container. Okay, because mm-hmm. what we want to do is even though it says. You want to give it an inch. You don't want to give it too little, but we. what is more important to this subject is we don't want to go over. So what I'll use is I'll get those um, aluminum pans. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll use the aluminum pans for that, and then I'll reuse those afterwards to plant stuff in in the wintertime. Like I'll do a mm-hmm. lot of propagation of... I did a lot of lavender this year, and so mm-hmm. I put like 15 lavenders in there and propagated them in there and then moved them on. So I'm reusing that again, but you can do that, and then you'll get see how much an inch is, and you'll know how long to water for and how much is left. And if you need to know water pressure... Then you just spray water from your hose in a bucket for one minute and see how much is filled up. And then you'll know. Yep. I do something similar and it's basically there's a count, you know. So once I figured out how much the inch is, then I because my settings normally stay about the same space. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. And so. Or I just settle in on 10 and 1000s because that's easier for me to remember. <laughs> yeah. Tuna cans work good for this, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, all right, it's time for us to come. We've we've come across for the time for me to give you the recipe of the day. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say it's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. All right, it's that time of year. And everybody should, at this point, be either getting tomatoes or getting really close tomatoes to getting them. And if you're really close, that means you have what? Green tomatoes. (laughs) And I'm going to tell y'all how I fry my green tomatoes. So what we do is we slice them however thick you want. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. And I, I bread mine in cornmeal. And then I mix in salt, pepper, and sometimes we'll put Old Bay in as well. And if you're not familiar with what Old Bay is, it's a uh, seafood seasoning, but it can go on seafood, chicken, all kinds of stuff. So we'll put that on there and we'll mix it in. And I do a dry batter. So I dry batter it and then we either pan fry it or we air fry it. So if you pan fry it, we fill it up. Um, We do not deep fry it so we'll do like maybe a quarter inch of oil maybe something mm-hmm. like that maybe less than that and then we'll fry and flip and fry or we'll put it in the air fryer and if we do that then we get vegetable oil and we just spray the vegetable oil spray and we'll spray it on there mm-hmm. and then we'll cook it that way and um it's i mean it's delicious it's like yeah 
I don't, I, I'm looking for a tomato that I can just grow green tomatoes off of and not even get ripe tomatoes because I love them so much. Get out of my head. <laughs> so I've been holding on to this because I just I know myself well, and I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to actually come through with it. So I have so many tomato starts. I really considered earlier this season and like putting out, you know, let's just even call it a container, right? Um, at least one tomato plant. Well, actually, this goes back to last year. I thought about if I plant tomatoes in the front yard where they're exposed to the treacherous squirrels and things, maybe I'll just plant some that I'm okay with going, just staying green. Say it, and don't spray harvesting it. harvesting those. Yeah, no. Did you see that? I saw it. It was like, <laughs> super glad there's distance today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, anywho, uh, with the idea of harvesting all of those as green tomatoes, and I'm so, so happy that you brought that up as a reminder, one. And two, it also reminds me of just such the blessing of being able to have enough tomatoes to grow mm-hmm. to say that I'm just going to look at that plant and pull green tomatoes off of it. I'm not even going to give you a chance to ripen, you know. So. Well, you know, I eat green cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not going to be rude to you and, and say what I th- I'm thinking when you... What you are you saying when you think that? It's just, it's, I, I know you, I've seen a recipe of yours because there's a certain tartness that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a part of like kind of training of there's a texture that I'm expecting and there is a taste and, you know, gosh, if I find a, a ripe sweet tomato, that's something and green tomatoes ain't that. Yeah. I, um, so, oh, by the way, I have a tomato that I put in a pot that I am going to single stem. <gasps> Come I am, on! I am going to single stem it just for you. So, and Thank I'm going to grow it right next to one that I'm not going to single stem. So we'll see which one gets more. You make my garden heart sing. I'm I doing say, it. I'm, I'm going deep on you. this test. So yeah. they're going to be right next to each other. But yeah, I want I want everybody to know one thing. I want to tell you a story. Story time. Okay, everybody. Come on up to the carpet. It's carpet time. We're going to sit with our legs crossed and um, turn the lights to low. Here we go. I I know a guy and he at one point weighed 600 pounds and he went through the whole process to lose weight and now he weighs 180 pounds. The question is, do you know what he did to get start started on that journey? He ate one piece of celery a day. That's all he did. He ate one piece of celery a day and it made that difference. You making one thing can make a difference. One small thing. Just remember that moving forward. And on that note. (laughs) See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.